Good evening, everyone. Let's get started. It's Wednesday night and we're all crossed out. How's it going? <laughs> hey, Jen. Dear Adult Swim, yeah. if you're going to sue anybody for that, please sue Noam because he did not pass that by me beforehand. So <laughs> don't, don't don't sue me. Sue him. I'm getting sued for copyright infringement, Morty. Ah, uh, geez, Rick, you, you shouldn't have. I mean, you, you really shouldn't have used our music like that. I mean, you know. I mean, con considering the shit I'm in, I, I don't think copyright infringement is uh, exactly high on my list of problems. <clears throat> Still, you don't you don't want to give them any reasons, you know. <laughs> we literally had to stop talking for like five minutes before we went live because we were like making too many damn good jokes, and it was just not on mic. Yes, like uh, no, the joke I, I stopped myself from saying, and I was like, I gotta say it for the show was I was gonna say something like me seeks legal counsel. <laughs> I, I was going to make an even more like messed up joke about going into someone's DMs and be like, show me what you got. Oh, I want to see what you've got. <laughs> oh, geez, Rick. <laughs> you have to come visit you in prison. You know, Rick, you, you really shouldn't text. You, you, you shouldn't slide up in the women's DMs like that. You shouldn't. <laughs> You shouldn't. You shouldn't say that you want to see them have seven dicks in their face. That's, just, that's, that's not. That's, that's not okay in, in today's culture. <laughs> just uh, the worst. Uh, just the worst here. Oh, jeez, Rick. You're gonna have to. Go, gonna have to see you in prison now. I mean, I guess it, we're gonna, just gonna. I, I guess we'll just just. Listen to the Nine Inch Nails version of Hurt and just, just drive on over to the prison to see you. Morty. I don't know to I'm not gonna be able to hold on here, Morty. I can't I can't do this. Oh jeez, Rick, should should we go should we go to another universe and get another Rick? I, I don't know what to do. I, I can't be a Morty without a Rick. No, you can't I, you can't you gotta bust me out of here, Morty. I can't I, I can't I'm uh, I'm going crazy, Morty. I'm going crazy. <laughs> I, I should, I, should I go find the, the other Mortys? Should, should we, should we start? Like, should we, should we stage some kind of prison break for you? <laughs> yeah, uh, get, get my gun. I'll get. go, I'll go find the, the Morty with the eye patch. He seems to know what's going on. This is, it's scenario three, Morty. <laughs> get the mind blower gun. Scenario I, three, scenario three. I don't, I don't know what that means, Rick. I don't know what that, you never explained it to me. God damn it, Summer. <laughs> I can't do a summer. <laughs> I can do Morty. I can't do summer. <laughs> this is like somebody who has no idea what Rick and Morty is is sitting there right now going like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> I, I guess we should like explain it. I, I suppose we can stop making Rick it's... and Morty jokes and actually explain the situation. Why? Why did this get to the thing? Why did I pick the longest version ever of this? I don't know. You're over there doing the. It, uh, I uh, wanted like the evil. It's the evil Morty theme. Here we go. This is the one that I. I don't. I, I don't know. I'm you're over there picking the music. Here we go. That was the one I wanted. <laughs> oh, gee, Rick. 
<laughs> it was me. I was behind it all along. I, uh, Rick, oh, jeez, I ratted you out to the cops, Rick. Morty, I can't believe you did this to me. Fucking Morty. It's like the end of the shield. How could you do this to me, Morty? You fucking asshole. Ah, I'll get back to you. Ah, ah, let me, let me go. Police brutality. Police brutality. <laughs> this just had to end sometime, Rick. I, I just, I, I decided that, you know, I, I need to, to have a chance to live a normal life. So I just, I, 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 I have to put an end to this. I can't, I can't keep doing this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And scene. <laughs> this is why you tune into this show and not the one where we would have edited all of this out. We absolutely would not have edited that out. <laughs> Worst Rick and Morty impressions <laughs> No, see, that's the bit is if it were good, if the impressions were good, you know, whatever. It would be we funny. Did, work with what we got. <laughs> show me what you got. Not a lot, apparently. <laughs> Not not good enough for Kit J nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, don't 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 do not roll up in people's DMs with weird inappropriate requests. Okay, for so songs. Yeah. Okay, so okay. Anyway, yeah, yes. let's uh, because we touched on it briefly in ambitious crossover attempts. But like, but 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 the 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 real shit did not hit the fan until like yesterday. I think it was where uh, he basically so Justin Roiland right the create so. So Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon uh, created Rick and Morty, uh, but Justin Har uh, but Justin Roiland like does the voices of Rick and Morty and many other uh, people right. on the show. He's like the Seth MacFarlane of Rick and Morty, uh, and he is canceled and maybe you know prison, maybe going to prison. I don't know, probably not because celebrity, but prison. Well, but... again, no, but I mean. I it, it, the the potential exists because he is charged with some kind of felony. Maybe the main prison. Maybe the main like the, yeah. There's domestic violence charges and stuff. But so Adult Swim has officially cut ties with Royland. They are no longer working with him, which means he's no longer on Rick and Morty. Which means that we are now going to have a Roylandless Rick and Morty. Which I don't. That doesn't even make a lick of sense because it's not even just that like. Royland is the co-creator of Rick and Morty. Royland is Rick. Like that the 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 way that he voices Rick and the way that they like they don't even really write Rick's character. Basically, Justin Royland just gets shit-faced, goes into the studio, just says what the hell ever and then they write an episode around it. That's how Rick and Morty gets made. Yeah, I mean I'm, I some of it is obviously like written somehow but but the the uh the yes so the idea is like a lot of the sort of sense of humor is essentially his sense of humor now i'll here's my controversial opinion about rick and morty i don't like the humor in rick and morty that much i mean i laugh a lot when i watch it but it's not because of it's because of the clever things it's not because of the rambalon fish like improvisational style of like the thing we just did, that's funny because it's like us doing it on a dumb call-in show, right? It's not we didn't spend millions of dollars then animating it. Now again, some of those bits are good, right? Like uh, interdimensional cable has some good bits, but then it has some bits where it's just like, okay, we get it, right? I think the con I think the, the the high concept of Rick and Morty is the thing that sets it apart from other shows, um, but uh, but. Uh, Adult Swim were like, oh, no, no, 
because they're working on season seven now. And they were like, not only are we making season seven, we're, we're going to season 10. And we don't like, we don't give a fuck, I guess. I don't know what they're going to do. Right. And I, this was my comment on it on Twitter, which is that it's like they're trying to treat Royland like he was just like the voice actor for Rick and Morty and various other characters. It's like, no, 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 this is not, he created those characters like that. Those are his characters. So it's not like you can just sub in somebody else and get the same effect. Well, that's a question. The question is how, like, as the years went on, how much more collaborative might it have become? Because also, you know, these people get all big and, and, uh, and rich and and powerful. And so, you know, they don't want to like work as much as they did initially on the show. I think Seth MacFarlane, like, you know, probably like was way more in nitty gritty involved in, in like writing and doing family guy than he was like later when he was worth gazillions of dollars. Right. And then you also have like the dual situation of, it seems like internally. And to me, this, this firing really feels like, you know, we're sick of your shit because there's a lot of internal sort of, unhappiness with having to babysit Royland with his drinking because I mean you can't really ask him to stop drinking because it's part of his job actually which that that is fucked up in and of itself but you it's been kind of apparent for the past couple of years that like Dan Harmon is kind of over it and I don't know if he's really over Rick and Morty or if he's just over dealing with Royland and having to be the one to like babysit him and try to shepherd this into being something more than just like dick and fart jokes like actually making like deeper meta commentaries about this so going forward i mean they said that they're going to go to season 10 i'm presuming that like everybody's on a contract till season 10 so i don't know where like i don't even know if not doing that would be an option quite frankly i don't see it going past that for many reasons but yeah so it's like this this weird situation where, so if you kind of missed the backstory on this, it came out recently that I think it was back in 2020, um, Justin Roiland got domestic violence charges off of an old relationship that he had, um, ex-girlfriend filed charges, filed a restraining order. Um, it's been in court since then. Royland says he's fighting it, you know, like like everybody does. You know, that's not anything special. Well, yeah, obviously he wouldn't be like, yes, I did it. Yeah, I prison. totally did it. Slap the cuffs on officer. Right. Oh, geez, guys, I, I really, I, I really, <laughs> I really didn't treat that girl very well. You know, I was drinking a lot back then and I just, I'm sorry. I'm ready to pay my debt to society. I'm, I'm so sorry, everybody. Your Honor, this is legal in 837 universes. I protest. <laughs> <laughs> it was Royland 137, Your Honor. It wasn't right. me. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> it was Royland from the Cronenverse. Yeah, from the Cronenverse. <laughs> see, we're going, to, we're going to the Cronenverse on, uh, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. We're going to go see uh, Infinity Pool by the junior Cronenberg. Yeah, baby, baby Cronenberg. Cronenberg the younger. It's like Pliny the Elder and Pliny the Younger. Right. Um, so, <clears throat> so yeah, Royland not only did all that stuff, but yeah, apparently he's like just a kind of a toxic personality. And like you said, this is something that's bothered me forever. But like it's always been kind of romanticized, the idea of like the wild talent 
that needs to be wrangled. If you come from music, the music industry, that's like super common. Go back to the 60s, Keith Moon, all these fucking uh, LSD-addled uh, wild child musicians. And the the idea was just like, you know, like uh, in a sense, uh, the Pink Floyd song, Comfortably Numb, is kind of about that. If you If you look at the lyrics to Comfortably Numb, it is essentially someone being uh, prescribed medication by a doctor because they're jonesing from being high and they need to go play a concert. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is like, here, I'm going to give you something to get you through this because you're all fucking, you're jonesing because you don't have any acid or whatever right. it is you're like addicted fucking, to. Like you're dope sick and you got to go play a gig. So you got to get your shit together. Right. And so, and that, and that has been like a thing forever, right? Somebody delivers and you got to like. Right. And it's like, it's, it's fun and it's funny when you first start but as the years go by it starts it gets old because like now you have to like constantly babysit this person and it's like at some point you're just like can we all just like grow the fuck up like yeah no it's it's always fucked up i've always thought that it's fucked up it's also true in sports like the problem is when you become like very indispensable to whoever it is that you're making millions of dollars for uh there's a I mean, it's almost like denial, right? The idea of like, okay, we'll just like deal with this, deal with this, deal with this, you know, and we'll we'll somehow get through, pay off of these, you know, if some woman says something, pay her off. Because because mm-hmm. another thing that happened was uh, he resigned from Squanch Games. So so not only is Rick and Morty like flying high, all that shit, but uh, uh, they started a video game company, mm-hmm. Squanch Games. Of course, because you got to reference Rick and Morty in the name of your 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 video game yeah, company, thing. <laughs> uh, and they just released their game High on Life, which is again full of Justin Roiland. Like, you want to talk about a problematic game? Forget Hogwarts Legacy. You know, like <laughs> game where Justin Roiland makes sexy jokes at you the entire time. Uh, but it's popular. I mean, people thought the dialogue and it was cringe and it was like way overbearing right. Rick and Morty style humor, which I kind of agree with. But like, people like the game. But uh, it also came out that they uh, had to settle some kind of sexual harassment lawsuit a few years ago, and now he's left from there. Anyway, I hope he has a lot of money stashed away because – I'm sure he does because that's kind of also the elephant in the room here, which is Rick and Morty as a show has become a marketing behemoth, and there is hundreds of millions of dollars in merchandising to be made in in the service of keeping this show – going in whatever like rickety tapes together fashion that they possibly can so that we can keep this this cash train going there's that that is again that's the risk of like relying too heavily on on one person's creative vision i was saying like i still think that futurama is better than rick and morty and like as a as you want to talk about like the high concept uh, science fiction comedy cartoon of all time, I still think Futurama is way above Rick and Morty. And I think that part of the reason for that is that it, it's co- it, like it's the collaborative comedy there is much more apparent. It is way less because there's a lot of stuff in Rick and Morty where I was like, if there was like a good writer's room, I think someone would have been like, let's. Let's put something funnier there. Like this bit goes on a little too long. Sometimes that's funny, but sometimes I do think that it does occasionally feel like, uh, you know, like there's veto power there that's a little too strong. I might be wrong. It might be just like less my style of humor. But um, but I, I was saying uh, – was I telling you or someone else 
the idea of like, I was never like a fan of Justin Roiland. I was never a fan of Seth MacFarlane. Like I liked Family Guy. When Family Guy was at its like tippity top, I loved Family Guy. And when Rick and Morty, you know, when I was like super, super into Rick and Morty, I wasn't like Justin Roiland is a genius. But like people, people do that. Some people just are like wired that way to gravitate towards like admiring the creator. Uh, whereas I feel like there's got to be more than one person, you know, even the Rick and Morty, like there, there's lots of high science fiction, high concept references to stuff, references and visuals and the animation. It's not like literally Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon sitting at home and doing it all themselves, right? There's a lot of brains that go into it. And so my mind doesn't go to like, oh, he's a god, Justin Roiland, the god of comedy. And then, like, when something happens like this, you're kind of fucked. You're like, fuck, man. I love this guy, and I admire this guy, and he's a shithole, right? Right, and that comes from admiring the artist versus, as like, just admiring the art, which is, like, a conversation we have had so many times over and over and over again that, like, most artists are actually, like, kind of shitty people just because they are. I mean, it just... It, it it seems to just kind of go hand in hand, but I mean, it's like you can still enjoy Rick and Morty while still saying like, okay, Justin Roiland was kind of a piece of shit. Like, you, it's not A or B. Yeah, well, and JK, like, you know, JK Rowling, right? And it, it becomes like A or B. Like all of a sudden, like okay, I can't like Harry Potter because JK Rowling is 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 a turf. Except she's not a turf at all, but... Oh, jeez, Rick. I want to read about magical adventures, but I'm not transphobic. <laughs> Come on, Morty. You can't read that woman anymore. She's transphobic. <laughs> Let's go. I'll take you to the universe where uh, J.K. Rowling was never born. <laughs> <laughs> it's full of trans people. You'll love it. <laughs> um, but, like, again, that used to be a thing that she did alone. Right. She wrote the Harry Potter book. Yeah. She had yeah. an editor or whatever, a beta reader. I don't know what they fucking had. I don't know if beta readers exist outside the world of like complicated science fiction and fantasy where you need people to read your book and be like, oh, no, excuse me, uh, Brandon <sighs> Sanderson. This contradicts the lore of your book from 14 years ago. There's literally plus like, like the first Harry Potter book was written. What, like 20 plus years ago I mean, at I, this point? Many years ago. I actually like I. I the fifth order of the Phoenix was the first Harry Potter book I read when it was new. So I read, I read the first four, like in anticipation of that one coming out. And right. I bought it hardcover, like when it, like the week came out. So, and that was fuck. Yeah. Like that was like 20 years ago. Right. right? Like, like it, was, it was a long time ago, but it's okay because you can still be a fan of Harry Potter. Well now, so like hot, but, but uh, cause you was, were a fan that yes. <laughs> well, what I was saying is like, it used to be mm -hmm. way more of like a old JK Rowling specific thing. Hogwarts legacy is like a game that a ton of creative minds went into playing within that kind of world. You know, it's the same thing we we're talking about at wizards of the coast and dungeons and dragons, like Hogwarts legacy to a large extent is like an or, quote unquote original story that just takes place like within the Harry Potter lore. By the way, the more I hear about it, the more interesting it sounds. I saw that it's, it has more than a hundred side quests. That's impressive. If they're good. If they're not shit, because good side quests are super important. I like side quests, but like Breath of the Wild, it has almost no good side quests. God, that game is going to take like freaking months to play Hogwarts Legacy then if it's got that many side quests. But... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but it's it's going to be like a big game and it's going to have all the Hogwarts. Like I, if I, if the, if the, if the actual like uh, reviews from people playing it are good, yeah, I'll 
I'll pick it up. I like Harry Potter. I've liked Harry Potter forever. Turf. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> I, I actually think it because I because I, I used to defend Harry Potter, not against accusations of transphobia, but against accusations of being like a shallow, juvenile, worthless, like kids book. And, and I actually think it it like it's sort of underrated as a, uh, a, a, a coming of age series that you kind of read as your coming of age. And uh, it kind of you kind of grow along with it. It's uh, it's pretty good, which is why it's so hilarious. The people who want to gatekeep their experiences with Harry Potter, like okay, it was fine for me when I was growing up to read it, but you, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, that's my thing. Uh, my thing was to, to call out, yeah, to call out this uh, this weird gatekeepy thing where. I mean, it's, it's ladder pulling. It's saying like, okay, it was okay for me to do this thing, but you, uh, uh-uh, no, you can't. Yeah, I'm do not. It. Yeah. It's, it's the, yeah. The idea of like, I'm not going to sacrifice my, like, uh, to, to, no pun intended, <laughs> legacy fandom, but you're like, you, you're not allowed to now become a new fan of this thing. Right. But to bring it back to Rick and Morty. Yes. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's, I don't see how you do this without Royland. I, I'm curious to see how they think they're going to pull that off. The fandom is going to hate it. I'll go ahead and say that right off the rip. They're going to hate it. And I, like I said, I still think season 10 will be the last season if they make it two seasons. Now, is there, is the fandom going to be like, bring back Royland or is the fandom going to be like, you had to end this because you fired him. Like what's going to, what do you think the, because you know, Rick and Morty fans are at least stereotypically, you know, Gamergate to use one word. And so the idea is like, yeah, will there be some outcry? Like innocent until proven guilty. I don't know. Although again, like we said, it's, it's after that, like there's so many examples of him just being like a really shitty person that it's become very easy for adults to be like, look, we, we don't, we don't want to deal with this guy anymore. Right. And I, I don't think it's, I don't, think it's going to be like an either or proposition it's going to be like either bring back Royland or end the show yeah sure um and uh and once again i have to say a people who choose it's not his fault that hollywood is all like that but people who are like who choose to be moralists and who choose to like exist in moralistic society their downfall is never super upsetting to me like mark hamill had to go on a whole apology tour today because he liked a J.K. Rowling tweet. And he had to, like, explain exactly why he liked it and all that stuff. And I'm like, imagine having to live in that fucking world. Who did I say that about recently, too? There was another situation like that where I was like, imagine, imagine having to live in this world where, like, at any given moment, something really anodyne you do can, like, force you into this corner where you need to totally change your entire life. Oh, God. Somebody did, uh, what was it? Mark Joseph Stern. Did yes. Something. Oh, was thank it Mark, you. Was, it, was it, that one the one you were thinking of? Yes. I just don't remember what it is that he I forget. Said. It was something. It was not even. Oh, oh. He congratulated David French for being hired by the oh, New York Times. Okay. And, and by the way, shocker, shocker. This was also about fucking transphobia. Because like Parker Malloy and people were like, he wants transgenocide and all that shit. Uh, oh, and it was – um. Carlos Maza, I think. Oh, oh, God. Was the, one of the guys who, like, who got to him. Yeah. And so 
by the way, like there is some, there is an also something to be said about how every fucking controversy now is about trans stuff. Like it's it really it's re, it, it's really remarkable. It's even like you got it. You can't even be like, okay, this person. I don't think they they like trans people. It's you want trans people to die. Yeah, it's a genocide. They're gonna die. Yeah, I mean that's and 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 I know this is like uh, some people like really don't like this argument because they say it's a it's a it's an agencyless uh, argument, but it it hardens the heart. It hardens the heart because you and I are more uh, socially liberal than a lot of the people like in, on, it, I mean, me, like a lot of my circle on Twitter and stuff, like my thoughts about uh, transgenderism and gender dysphoria and stuff are very mu much more liberal than like most of the people that I'm sort of closely associated mm -hmm. with. But, and, 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 and this doesn't, the fact that like every trans activist on Twitter is a fucking psycho isn't going to change that, right. but it does change. What it does make it extremely hard for me to do is care. That's the problem. The problem is, you know, I hear about the problems that trans people face and it becomes hard for me to care because of how often I see things associated with that difficulty that are like patently absurd, right? Like that, like somebody signing the Harper's letter and also working for the same magazine as somebody who's trans, which now means that this person has to get fucking fired, right? The Harper, a liberal, a letter that Noam Chomsky signed, you know, and 150 people, but because both Matt Iglesias and because J.K. Rowling had signed this thing, she didn't like initiate it. They like came up to her and were like, hey, you want to sign this? Yes. And so because her name was on there and his was on there, he had to, he got, he had to leave a website that he helped establish that he was one of the fucking founders of. And yeah, whatever money, Substack, he makes billions of dollars. That doesn't matter. Right. Because that wasn't part of the equation when he left Fox in the first place. No, absolutely not. Because that's like when people say to me, like, well, you got doxxed and nothing happened. I was like, yeah, well, because I put a lot of work specifically into my favorite example of this is Y2K, right? When people when people laugh about why, oh, Y2K was a nothing burger. And it's like, actually, no, it wasn't. Like, the reason nothing happened was because lots and lots of people worked really, really hard for it to not happen. Mm -hmm. And like the gratitude that we show them is to joke about how Y2K was a nothing burger. You know, it's like, uh, it's like the Avengers. Imagine like if the Avengers like stopped Thanos, right? And then all they got in return was for people to say like, oh, that Thanos thing was a total nothing burger. Yeah, that was Who needs the Avengers? Like, Snap his fingers and half the universe is a, right? That didn't happen. Right. We heard we heard it would happen, but it didn't happen. It's totally right? overhyped. That's literally like what happened with Y2K. So it told me that he was going to disappear half of the people on the planet, and it didn't happen. Yes. Um, and so anyway, whatever. I, I'm curious to see what – I. you know what? I do hope a show as sort of edgy as Rick and Morty will at least joke about it. Like I would love – if they have balls – which I hope they do. The first episode of season seven will have Rick and Morty say not a single line of dialogue. Con contrive some kind of situation whereby they gotta like do signs or 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 how about this? They go to a universe where 
you can't nobody speaks it's just <laughs> subtitles right everybody's like mute <laughs> yes every, exactly everybody's on mute and you just see the subtitles and so they'll they'll joke about how they're like they look down to read the subtitles mm -hmm. of what the other person is saying just somebody somebody mark this when is season seven coming out i'm telling you if they're it, like if I mean, I, they have to address it in show yeah, no, I mean, of course. They, they, you can't go without comment in show. Oh, jeez, Rick, you sound very weird. <laughs> I don't know, Marty. <laughs> I don't know what's come over me, but I have this new exit now. Wee oui, wee, oui, Marty. Yes. <laughs> I drank too much Burgundy. <laughs> oh. oh, 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 I am so hungover. I need the croissants. Oh. Oh, I, I turned myself into a kimchi, Morty. <laughs> oh my God, Rick! How did you turn yourself into a kimchi? <laughs> They're gonna have to again. It, it's I, and if they do that, if they do some kind of joke about how they sound different, or do some kind of episode where they don't talk at all. Oh, middle of this year. Ooh, so here's an interesting Eesh. question: If it's releasing in the middle of this year, that means. They probably recorded all yeah, of the dialogue. Yeah, that's for already them. in the can. Yeah, yeah. A lot of because nowadays a lot of what they do is they record the dialogue first, or sometimes to a very basic uh, animatics or storyboarding. Right, build the animation around. It's a lot easier. Yeah, timing because especially with comedy, you want like the you want the flow of comedy. By the way, uh, as an aside, you know, Forspoke in this game that everybody's like mocking because of its like cringe dialogue. I said one of the things that bothered me about it wasn't the writing of the cringe dialogue, but it was the fact that it's clear that the actors all recorded their lines separately, but they're supposed to be riffing. They're supposed to be like joking at each other's, but the timing's all wrong. You're right. Like the space that they chose between like one person like ending their sentence and the next person mm -hmm. responding is too short for it to be. It's like they just to lined, be organic. Yeah, yeah. it's like, like you, they you lined splice. the clips up. Yeah. yeah, like because like your brain needs a second to process an answer, and you know, like you you notice when a pause in dialogue is unnaturally short. Um, well, it's also it's the same way you can notice editing in any kind of audio format. Like if something seems clipped, or if like a pause is too short, or something like like you know. It was edited. Yeah, when I edit our when I edit the pod, I sometimes like I'll put in like another like a third of a seconds of silence because I'm listening to the what it would sound like if I were there, just like take a breath and keep talking right. instead of just like being like that. Cut. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I hope I hope they'll at least like make fun of it somehow. You know, they, I mean, not not make you know maybe not make light of the the allegations. You don't right. have to make light of the allegations without like also like acknowledging that especially on a show that's this fucking edgy like that's the thing that's gonna bug me right if a show that is unabashedly like disgusting right and doesn't mm -hmm. care to, to like show really awful shit happening they'll have to tippy toe around the fact that their creative uh force had to like leave right like it, it like i said it has to be addressed in show that would be very disappointing that would be very like uh yeah like the the, the lack of ability to to, I don't know, make fun of yourself somehow or, or something like that. Right. So do we want to move on to something less amusing? I mean, we could just, yeah, we could. So we could talk about this briefly. I just, uh, it's just, uh, it's just weird. And uh, uh, the DeMar Hamlin conspiracy theory, right? 
there's this weird conspiracy theory about Demar Hamlin. We're not going to talk the, about this too much. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, Demar Hamlin is the player on the Buffalo Bills who collapsed on the field, and then he went to the hospital, and then he had a very rapid, miraculous recovery. He seems to be doing good. Hooray for him! Everybody loves him now. Yeah. Now there was except for the anti-vaxxers. Well, it's I I don't think it's just them in this instance. I don't think because because it's not because um uh. The, the conspiracy theory was this, the, the Bills and the, the Bengals played again in a neutral stadium because there was this whole thing because they had to stop that game, whatever. Right. And he came to the game, but he was like all covered up, uh, like his face, and he, he like walked by with like a coat and a thing pulled up on his face. And at no point could you see him. He hasn't given any interviews, all that shit. And so people were like, he's definitely dead. Right, like they, they send in a body this double. This was a double. I when I saw that. Now here's why. Here's why internet brain fucks people up. Because I saw that, and when I saw, because people were like, look at Demar Hamlin arriving at the game, and so like I opened the video, and it's just like him, like quickly, quickly walking by the reporters with his face. It's all like a, like he has a mask and glasses, and his hood is up, and you can't like there's no face showing. Into the elevator door closes, and I was like, wow, that's weird, right? But like the not, thing, I was like, not super weird when you see like the way athletes enter like a stadium. Yeah, like, but but you know, considering the situation or whatever. Uh, and but even before I read, there was this thread. I think JD could find it because I I shared it. Uh, even before then, like my brain doesn't go to he's dead, right? My brain goes to like maybe he has some kind of like facial palsy or something like that from that. That's what I, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I thought. And so I saw a thread about someone who had some of this happen to him, uh, cardiac arrest of the some, same sort of sort. And he was like, I, the idea of like going to some kind of event, like a game, like two weeks later, that's crazy. He was like, I, I, he's like, I'm not an athlete. But when that happened to me, if two weeks after you're like, Hey, want to go to a football game? I'd go, Fuck no. What are you crazy? And he said, like, you can't talk because you had a a, a trach yeah. tube or whatever. And he said often you get, like, a, like some of your face is still semi-paralyzed. There's all kinds of effects that can take a long time. He might still look super fucked up, and he doesn't want to show it on camera, and he can't speak properly. He might still have a slight aphasia. It's not – what Hollywood taught you about, like, being defibrillated back to life after you have cardiac arrest is very wrong. It's a – you can spend like a month in the hospital after something like that. It's not – it's no joke. You were dead. Right. Or or maybe he was just cold. <laughs> no, no, no. But again, he hasn't given any interviews to well, the media. I mean, he hasn't spoken to anyone. But somebody said the he might not be mm -hmm. in shape to do anything like that, including – uh, having his face on TV, he might be medically unprepared for that. And that is far, far more – because that's – that's, the thing about conspiracy theories like this is you really need to look at them from the other way. The way that I try to like uh, uh, debate or, or uh, refute conspiracy theories like this is the angle that they take is this. Wow, it's so weird. Right. He, this guy had cardiac arrest and we haven't seen him since. And all of a sudden there's the one chance to see him and they like pretend that he's there. Something's shady. But look at it from the other way. Who's in on this conspiracy? Everyone on the Buffalo Bills? Everyone? Because like he you have to think about it. He's friends with people on the team. He's friends with people on the 
professional staff, right? Mm-hmm. He's got to be friends with like the equipment people. Oh yeah, I mean they like all know trainers, yeah, assistant surely. trainers, f- physical right. therapists, the gym people, the doctors. A team is crazy, right? It's a it's a huge huge thing. None, all of them are, are, are all of them on it? Are none of them in on it? And if they aren't, they're like, oh, hey, Damar. And they're like, uh, you know, they see him walking into the game and they're like, oh, dude. And like the security guard's like, oh, excuse me, you can't. Right. You, you no. can't approach him. Yeah. Like, and so now you're talking about dozens and dozens of people uh, in on a conspiracy to, to, to like lie about how he's not dead. Like, what are you fucking crazy? <laughs> like, that's not. You know what I mean? Like if a conspiracy, because we were talking about the we were talking about the Biden thing. And I said with the Biden documents, I was like, if somebody at the Penn Biden Center knew that there was classified documents there and wanted to get back at Biden, that's not a conspiracy because it literally takes one person. This would take like a hundred people in on it, right? Right. And it's like the more I think about it, it's just, I mean, not even just like the Hamlin situation, but especially when I, the more I think about like the diamond and silk situation, um, for those of you who don't know, um, diamond passed away recently from a heart attack after being hospitalized for COVID. Um, and just, I, I want to save this for Sunday because there's a whole rant that I have about, people just not wanting to be wrong on the internet and going to really bizarre fucked up places. I mean, and, and I, I can, there, I, I have plenty to say about where silk has gone with this because I, I, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I don't even know how you do this as a person. Like how you do this to your friend that you just put in the ground. I think it's her sister actually. I think are they si- sisters? I think they're sisters. Oh my God. That's even worse. Yeah. I do believe that they are sisters. Cause she's basically like implying that her sister slash friend slash whatever they were to each other was actually vaccinated and that's why she died which what? i mean that what? so basically you're accusing was it that a dead though? person of lying was that what she meant or did she mean like i'm using this pulpit to also warn about vaccines because you're right it does kind of come across like that because she she yeah it very much comes across like that she's not saying like oh my god my friend she was unvaccinated she got covid she got a heart attack she died She's basically saying like, oh, we did everything that the paramedics told us and we did, we pressed on her chest and we pressed and we pressed and we pressed and she still just inexplicably died. It's like, it's not inexplicable at all. It, but it, it, again, it, it's of, of this piece that, and again, this, this goes back to Hamlin and the whole thing about how all of a sudden anti-vaxxers are wanting to bring up like oh my god look at all the athletes that are just dropping on the field and like everything they show is like from stuff that either happened way before covid was a twinkle in anybody's eye or things where yeah somebody collapsed and then they immediately got back up and even more macabre is pointing out like Oh my God, another professional athlete died. And then they like, they actually killed themselves. So the thing I said, (laughs) yeah, the thing I said about this, the diagnosis that I have for this phenomenon is that, uh, it's not, it's become not enough for them to be, uh, uh, like, uh, like, uh, like confident in their decision to get, to not get vaccinated. It now needs to be the better decision no, you need you're looking for outside validation for your decision which if you genuinely made that decision on your own personal merits you do not want to do this then 
what, why, why are you, why do you need this validation? Like that, that tells me that that's not why you made that decision and you're full of shit. Oh yeah. I see. It says, uh, yeah, she vaccine shedding. What the fuck is that? Oh, oh my God. This fucking shit. What is vaccine? Oh, oh, did you know we vaccinated people can just shed vaccine? Oh, okay. By breathing. It's like dog hair. It's right. Like, like if I if I go and have sex with an unvaccinated guy, like I can get vaccine all over his dick and yeah. then all of a sudden I vaccine shed it all over. Get one of those lint rollers to get the shed to get the vaccine shed off you. I mean, I, again, that's how far this shit is going. And like I said, I have a whole rant about yeah. this and I will save it for right. Sunday okay. because it's more appropriate yeah. for Sunday. And so like I said, I, <laughs> I legitimately have no qualms with people who didn't want to get vaccinated. No. I had coffee this week with someone who was proudly unvaccinated and I could not care less, mm. but it's this idea that now you got to prove that like, Oh, the decision to get vaccinated was wrong where it's like, no, the decision to get vaccinated or unvaccinated was not wrong or not wrong. Right. It was, it was neither wrong nor not wrong. Well, the, the, the problem is all this time us vaccinated people just keep Refusing to drop dead in hordes, which is what was supposed to happen. Well, and then we keep refusing to die. It's like, unfortunately, uh, it's it really has become such a like a social marker, Mm -hmm. right? It's an identity. And I said, like, if you don't want to get vaccinated, by the way, I don't want to get more vaccinated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or what I don't want. Like, I get a CV. I got a text from CVS the other day. I'll even read it to you. Oh, just so oh. that you'll know what it says, because people are going to be very mad about this. I don't get text from CVS here. I got my booster there. Our records show it is time for a flu shot and COVID booster schedule at oh. link or whatever. Right. So now that's what they're doing along with their like yearly flu shot, because that's what I always get. I get like, oh, it's time for your flu shot. Oh, which yeah, I never which gotten I, a flu shot. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't. Which I don't. I was. I was going to say which I don't get either. So, <laughs> but like I got anti vaxxer. <laughs> I got my booster right. Mm-hmm. That's like the I guess because I got a, like a, a I got a dual. I got a double shot of Pfizer, and then I got a a booster in December of 2021. So it's been over a year, and I don't. I like. I legitimately do not feel that I need to to get no. one like nothing in the in n- none of the environmental factors you on twitter if i only judged by twitter maybe the idea of like seasonal waves and stuff would have maybe convinced me to but like i don't know now you live here too like the I, funny enough the only place i still see people masked like in any large quantities is the climbing gym because <laughs> everybody there's the, the fucking progressive and they they're like more likely to do it, I guess. But uh, but that's it. I put a pin in that because I do have thoughts about that, especially moving up here to D.C. versus what I'm used to in Atlanta as far as people masking in public is concerned. Like I see it a lot more here, but I also don't care because I don't give a shit what other people do. Like no. it doesn't, I don't care. Yeah. I'm just saying like if I – because uh, um, my life metrics, mm-hmm. both my life and like everybody I know – you know, those are those are essentially the more important data points, I think. Like, you can read online all you want, but if nobody you know has been seriously ill with COVID for at least a year, and not only nobody you know, but, like, you don't even hear from somebody. Because, you know, God, someone's like, oh, my dad, my uncle, my friend. 
it's I cannot remember the last time I heard a story about somebody who was uh, like seriously ill from COVID, meaning like I heard about it on the internet, but right. I'm saying like nobody I know and nobody I know told me about anybody they know that had it in fucking forever. I hear people have it all the time, but it's mild. You're like, yeah, like somebody I work with, a vendor I work with. Mm-hmm. We had a Zoom call. It was like, oh, I'm on day three of my COVID. Oh my God, that's Sni- It was just like sniffly. Yeah. He was on a work Zoom call. So like I hear a lot of that, but I do not. And so, and that is more importantly than anything, like a factor in your, uh, in your, in your personal math at this point, you know, 18 months ago, maybe no, but now sure. Right. I mean, it's also like a personal metric as far as like, do you routinely like interact with somebody who's immunocompromised? Do you go visit your grandparents a bunch or your parents or you got spouse, kids, whatever. That's why I like, I don't get torqued over the mask thing because like i don't know your personal situation i don't know maybe you do need to do that i don't know more importantly i don't care and that's and and that's kind of another part of the rant is that okay so uh, when vaccines first came out i'm like okay that was that was the moment that was the move everybody posted their pictures on instagram i did too but I mean, when was the last time you saw somebody out in public wearing like a vaxxed and relaxed t-shirt? It's been like over a year. Yeah. Like, uh, like every, like we all moved on. Like we don't, like we did it, whatever. We don't care. It's <laughs> not, it's not a part of our day to day lives anymore. Like it's just like, okay, it was the moment and it's over and whatever we moved on. It's now a signifier. Like if you're like on a dating app for like on Tinder or Hinge or whatever, mm-hmm. It's now a signifier that someone hasn't updated their profile in forever if it says like double vaxxed or something like that, right? Because that like used to right, be the thing. Right, because we don't care wrote. anymore. Yeah, like like nobody vaccinated people don't care anymore. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a there's literally a checkbox that you can do where it'll just put up vaccinated next to your thing. But like people used to put in their profile mm-hmm. double vaccinated, swipe left if unvaxxed. Now people don't do that anymore. But like some people just don't. Update, update their, their pro- profile ever they'll let they'll just like make it inactive because they start dating someone they'll like dump them and then eight months later just like reactivate their thing not not change anything <laughs> not realizing the world has changed I'm not realizing I well think women like you don't because i mean you need to at least update your pictures i mean women I women on women on dating apps are a little like those uh those like bug lights you know those like purple bug lights you just turn it on you come back a little later it's full of bugs oh my god you don't have to do any work <laughs> just... that's that's a very appropriate analogy to <laughs> that's very good that's very good I, that's like <laughs> and so like it doesn't matter yeah whatever you, update your profile you find one like magnificent firefly but everything else is just like gross <laughs> nastiness <laughs> I wasn't even. <laughs> that wasn't even part of the analogy. It works though. Definitely works though. I, I was trying to be nice to other people in the room. <laughs> was that in a bug's life where they were like, "It's so beautiful." It's <laughs> so great. They show it from the bug's perspective. <laughs> um. Uh. Uh. The Last of Us episode two. Uh, we're gonna do a little spoilers uh, at some point. I um I was talking to uh, Boomy Leaks. I don't know if Boomy Leaks. Is I don't here, think he but... joins us on Wednesday. I don't. I, I'm not sure either. But he he's a he's a listener, and he he said like that he doesn't know anything about The Last of Us. He hadn't even heard of it. 
which is which is very interesting. I mean, you know what? Well, no, I mean, I yeah. I mean, I, I, I we we make a face, but then it's like it's also a thing to where like if you're not in like that kind of gaming bubble or even like, I mean, they kind of have like a pop culture moment too. But I mean, if it's something that you're not like, it yeah. didn't break out like huge into like mainstream culture. So I'm just like, surprised because yeah, totally I'm just surprised because that guy, he's like a young guy. He lives in New York, I think. Uh, I'm not sure. It was more, it was, it was more, it's not that it's impossible for people to have never heard of it. It's him specifically. I was just, uh, I was just surprised. Um, but I told him that uh, because, you know, it's a new show, we're talking about a new show, whatever, we, we on the pod, we talk about it like a week, a week off. Like you, you typically listen to it after yeah. you've seen like the next episode. Right, because we record the main pod on Sundays. So like any show that we're discussing that Sunday is the previous Sunday's show right. because we record – before we record like Sunday morning. Yeah. And if you watch it on Sunday night, the new episode, when you listen to the pod on Monday, we're talking about the previous episode. Right. You're, we're like a week behind. Right. And so even if you don't, even if like you happen to not watch it that night, you're not being spoiled if you've already seen the previous episode. Um, and, and, and what I said to him is uh, we'll, we'll keep it to the end of the show just because it's, it makes it logistically simpler to, if you don't want to get spoiled to just like, Shut it off early, right? Because uh, there's a podcast that I love that doesn't do this, but it's because their podcast is uh, um, uh, has segments, and so they'll like do a non-spoiler and then spoiler review of a movie, and then after that, move into like their like letters from readers, and so you have to, so they'll time code it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just they just time code it. Yeah, but that's more of a pain in the ass. I mean. I mean, it's, or you could just put it at the end and just let everybody know, like, hey, you know, if you don't want to know, right. just yeah. go ahead, scoot on past exactly. this. I mean, at some point, if we if we build a big enough audience to have multiple it's, emails and and letters to read right. every week, sure, we can figure that out. Or uh, just break it out. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want to break it out into its own show. I don't. Think. Yeah, that would be kind of weird. So I have two things to say about this episode. We don't even have to really talk about the the spoiler. Like it's less. I I actually think that uh, what happened. Oh yeah, the yeah, well, yes. yeah that would be. I th- I actually think that what happened plot wise is less inter- <clears throat> interesting to talk about. Um, and there's there's two other things that really interested me. One is the cold open again, much like mm-hmm. in the previous episode. The cold open was uh, something non game related. It was fully a um. Uh, for the show mm-hmm. and it was also like the thing uh the, like the previous episode uh like a little vignette that is unrelated to the story that we're watching but is about apocalypse backstory right a heavily foreshadowed right the events right and so the first episode wasn't even that it was more a vignette about the nature of what it is like right. a clever way to introduce you to what this disease is to what yeah. cordyceps is without doing an info dump where to because like it could have been you know like imagine the the scene from episode two which is like in in jakarta it's mm-hmm. a mycologist who it, it which it, was an absolutely excellent callback that it was in jakarta yes because it, they mentioned it in the first episode that something's going on in jakarta yeah very good uh also a lot of people, interestingly enough, like uh, interneters cracked the code before they revealed this that, yeah, it was from flour. Like people were like, oh, maybe it's through the crackers, through the – because the old lady's eating a thing. And yeah, it was like in a flour factory in Indonesia. That's how it like, right. spread to the whole world. Like it spread by a flour. I like that. That's a good – because like – Carbs are going to kill us. <laughs> 
Carbs um, are going to turn us into zombies. Yeah. And so that was a clever way to like explain what cordyceps is by just having like a talk show that's in the 60s that's unrelated, but also use it as a kind of way to say, how scary would that be if something like this could happen, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if, if every episode is like this, I said this on Twitter, if every episode has like a vignette like this, uh, if you could just take all of them and put them in a row without the rest of the show, and it'll be a better World War Z movie than the World War Z movie. Because the World War Z book, which is one of the most amazing novels you'll ever read, I think, uh, is told uh, anthology style where every episode, uh, every chapter is like the uh, the story of someone else mm -hmm. within the world of the zombie apocalypse. And uh, one after another, they kind of uh, chronologically kind of tell you what how, how things happened. Um, and uh, and so and it's beautiful because it gives you all these like different perspectives. It could have worked well as like a TV show like that, where every episode would be mm -hmm. a different character in a different story. Um, uh, and Mason also wrote this episode, so I, he wrote that part of it, right? So, and so I thought that was great. I like that. That's a a thing this show is doing because we talked about this last time. Where what can what can uh, what can we add? What can we bring to the table, right? And this is, for example, a thing. All of these cold opens that give you some more context, right? And like I said, when we were talking about it more in depth on Ambitious Crossover Attempt, the first episode, I, I I like that they're doing this because I think that like in a show, there does need to be a little more exposition and a little more explanation as to how we got here versus when you go into a video game, you're just kind of airdropped into a situation and it's not super important for you as far as gameplay is concerned to know, you know, who was patient zero? Where was it? How did this happen? Like none of that really matters to you when you're playing the game, but if you're watching the show, then yes, that's very good and interesting information to have just for the sake of like completeness. So you can understand the entirety of the situation. So the cold open for episode two, like I said, it's in Jakarta and it, it kind of addresses like it doesn't specifically say that it's patient zero, but it's apparently one of the first cases. And so, yeah. we no, it's of, clearly not patient zero because that person. That, right. That because it was yeah, a bite mark. Right. There was there's something took place in like said, in a flower factory in Jakarta. There was. That somebody somebody turned, started biting people, and then this is when kind of like, you know, the the scientists start coming into this and looking into this and figuring out what it is and kind of having like a oh shit moment. <laughs> yeah, in uh, in World War Z, by the way, similarly with uh, what happens is the zombie plague starts uh, in China. And the story is that, like, the government of China has to flood. That's racist. <laughs> it has to flood <laughs> this valley. It's doing some kind of uh, infrastructure work. So they got to, like, divert a river or something like that. And mm -hmm. so they got to evacuate a bunch of villages and flood their valley. And so they do that. And so the villagers uh, will occasionally go back to that lake to, like, dive down into the village to, like, look for their <laughs> shit. And someone, while they're there, something bites them while they're under the water searching through something and that's how it so you never really know yeah. what it was how it happened exactly but that's so, like as far as far back as it as it is traced in the book which is great all you want to need to know is approximately what you know and there's i would say and there is reference in episode two of 
how various governments tried to deal with this problem. I don't want to go into spoilers, <laughs> but um, okay, so it, it clearly did not work. Yeah, clearly because here we are. Well, in some places, it it, it worked it, to some extent, and not in others. Yeah. Um. Also, another thing that World War Z goes into. That's why it it it, it all applies to this because. I think the main thrust of World War Z, if you read it, is that uh, it's such a different zombies or anything kind of zombie-like. It's such a different kind of enemy than what humans are used to dealing with that it requires like a total rewiring of like thinking to mm -hmm. deal with it. Um, but the other thing, because we're, we're, we're about to wrap up here, the, the other thing I thought was brilliant is this. A, a big problem in translating any game to a show is that the lion's share of the time that you spend in a game is gameplay. Right. And so what do you do with that? Um, a, if you have a doom movie, you know, doom is just you walking around shooting people, right? Well, you got to do something with that stuff, right? Right. Like the Mario movie, which is coming out later this year, a thing that the trailers show that they did that I love is they made it, like a platformer, like to get around like the Mushroom Kingdom, you got to like jump on moving platforms right. and go you, through pipes and right. stuff. Right, you go through the tubes and you do and all I the was like, things. That's great. Why, why not do that? Like why lean away from that shit? Right. Like that's all our game is. It's like jumping around and rolling and grabbing stars. So let's like make that part of the world. Right. Because in, that's apparently like just normal in that world. Right. <laughs> this episode of, uh, of uh, The Last of Us, was perhaps the best example of turning gameplay into a show I've ever seen. Because most of this episode is just a traversal section. It's like going around a building, climbing up here. They did a give me a boost. They had a thing where they <laughs> a, 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 a thing a, a thing collapsed behind them, and they're like, "Well, we have to go forward now." <laughs> then there was like a clicker sneaking section. Then there was a it, um it like. Uh, I gotta say though, like, like just they took gameplay and they turned it into an interesting episode of a show because they also kind of used it as a an excuse for character development, you know, uh, just to build a little bit of Ellie, Ellie's connection with Joel, uh, all that stuff, and just using, you know, literally all this episode was we gotta get from point a to point b that's it right and i will say like okay so i mean it's not probably a surprise at this point but episode two you do finally get to see a clicker up close and i i would like to give props to the 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 visual effects people the makeup people because it this is one of those things where it's like okay you see one in a video game and it's easy to render that in a video game but it's another thing entirely to make this like to make prosthetics and the special, the, the makeup and the, and like everything to actually make this like actually like a thing that you can see on television. I think they did a really good job because like, I don't want to spoil it or anything, but like the zombies it looks in the last of us do not look like zombies that you're used to seeing because no. of how the infection works. They look extremely fucked up. Yeah, because it isn't. And it, it, yeah, they did a really good job on it. Because zombies are like semi-decomposing Oh, uh, God. And bodies. I just remembered the scene. But the cordyceps people, yeah, are essentially like uh, like a human bodies that are infested with fungus. Like and it's it, a, a fungus that's controlling 
the body and the way it makes the like the head and the face look and like the, the it's like they they did a very good job of like making this like a much more it, like visual for television it reminded me a lot of the things that you see in guillermo del toro movies pan's labyrinth uh the the first hellboy these like crazy makeup effect things and another thing i like that they did was that they used some sort of body performers for it. Right. Like it's, because, it's people. Like but they're, they're, but their movements, they took people like yeah. dancers or contortionists or something like that. Because I think part of the thing of the cordyceps is, again, it's not a human. It's a it fungus that's controlling your brain. So they're supposed not, to like not move like people exactly. They kind of throw their limbs all over. It's like this thing that doesn't really know how to control itself. Mm -hmm. uh, in the Silent Hill movie. They hired a lot of dancers to do like the weird, freaky mm. nightmare ballerinas who are supposed to look like mannequins and they're kind of moving in like really inhuman ways. And that shit is very creepy. That's like on Uncanny Valley kind of stuff mm -hmm. where uh, uh, it it's, it's not just where something looks a little off in the face, but like weird moves in a weirdly inhuman way. And yeah, that that's so creepy. There's the scene where they see all the bodies lying in the in the street right. and there's like clouds, but then there's like a little bit of sunshine that goes over and they all kind of shiver mm -hmm. as the sun goes by them, like a little mat of, of bugs. And, she, and Ellie goes, they're connected. She can tell that they're connected by this. Cause mm -hmm. you kind of see it. Shh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so creepy. Yeah, very, yeah. It's done so well. Yes. Yes. It's so, <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, I think uh, that's it. We're, we're just about closing in on an hour. So yeah, we're gonna, you know, uh, we're gonna, uh, discuss, uh, episode, uh, three, next week um oh oscar nominations whatever we're gonna we're gonna probably do a thing with the oscars i want to i want to watch more of the nominated movies before the oscar comes out mm -hmm. um because uh the the few that i have seen i really enjoyed um yeah right yeah we need to well i need to watch tar you've seen tar yes and all quiet on the western front but I, there's some movies that i i would watch again we need to watch the Banshee, banshees of Ishinirin and some other stuff mm -hmm. uh and yeah infinity pool which we're gonna see this weekend sunday yeah you know. okay cool all right so you 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 shall be hearing more about that soon uh and uh yeah i guess uh really because i'm not gonna you know <laughs> okay morty oh jeez uh, rick i, I don't i don't want to get sued rick it's time it's time for us to geez, go morty geez, I, I i okay rick we're, we're gonna go now then okay okay good night everybody um if uh, you know, you know where to find us here. It, it's every Wednesday night at 8:30 p.m. You, you, on Eastern. You, you join us here on Get Calling. You, you call in sometimes. You know, okay. But but yeah, you, why don't you call in? Call <laughs> call on the show. Call call yeah, call call on the show. Call on the show. It's fun. And, and then on on Mondays, that that's our big podcast. That's ambitious crossover attempt, and you can find it. On, on all your podcast catcher things. And I think it's available in all the universes. I've not checked all of them, but I think you can find it everywhere. And so on, on Twitter here in this universe, you can find us at AMBXOver. You can find me on Twitter at that Jen Monroe and on Substack at jenmonroe.substack.com. Uh, uh, awesome. Uh, I'm Neon Taster on Twitter and also youtube.com slash Neon Taster and, and twitch.tv slash Neon Taster. Give me back my show, but also him. I wanna, I wanna go to another universe where I still got a show. Come on, it's, yeah. time, it's time to go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill, kill my own self and my other, any other universe, and I'll, 
I'll take his Rick and Morty show. Uh, and she, she's Rick. You shouldn't do that. Every time we do that, something, something goes wrong. I, I turned myself into a predator, Morty. Oh, that's even worse than the time you turned yourself into a pickle, Rick. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs>